it way down the field to Watkins! Sammy Watkins for the touchdown! Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am your host, CJ Medeiros, and with me, of course, is our good friend and our resident Ravens fan, Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. So, before we start off, Justin, how, how, how are you doing tonight? Not too bad, not too bad. Nice, nice. Good to know, good to know. So, we have quite a show planned. Now, we're going to continue our draft coverage with our overrated offensive and defensive prospects. We have the fan box, as always. But first, we are going to touch on a certain quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles who just got his first big boy deal, Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. So, for those who don't know, Jalen Hurts just – got a massive deal i believe it was a five-year 255 million dollar deal with i believe 179 million guaranteed mm-hmm. so right off the bat justin what are your thoughts on this <laughs> my first thoughts was congratulations to the philadelphia eagles congratulations to jalen Hurts and lamar jackson you are a raven Look at that price. Oh, my God. And everybody thought we were lowballing him. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, see, we actually did him a nice thing here. But, again, once again, it's not the Ravens. It's the Eagles right now. (laughs) I I saw it. I was like, he deserves it. He played like an MVP this year. He's been balling. He proved his doubt is wrong. He proved me wrong. And more importantly, he's shown he's proven to be the the guy in what the Philadelphia Eagles need. Yeah, one hundred ten percent. I agree with you, and I think this deal is very well deserved. He came up. This we all said before the season started. It was a put up or shut up year, and oh boy, did he put up! Mm-hmm. Like I said, every penny of that deal well worth it. So while the Eagles fans are happy. You know, if you travel south a bit, the Ravens fans are not. Because, uh, Justin, you are our favorite Ravens fan, and you know this better than I do, but the Ravens just offered Lamar, I believe, a fully guaranteed deal. Can you tell us, like, what happened there? It wasn't a fully guaranteed deal. I want to say it was a four- or five-year deal with 200 fully guaranteed, which means there was more money still on the table. Uh, 133 of it was fully guaranteed at signing. 175 guarantee was guaranteed later, and then up to 100, up to 200 million after injuries, and if he's on the roster by 2024, 2026, which we all entitled for him to be on the roster by then. So with all those incentives added into the contract, it would have gone up to 200 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson said no to the deal. Now this deal has been out there for quite some time. I don't understand why now it's getting the pub that it is. I think it's because of the contract that Jalen Hurts got because he's the one after Lamar that should have gotten paid, but he got paid before Lamar, so it kind of sets the precedence. Lamar was looking for a contract around the same lines of Deshaun Watson, and now that we've seen that Jalen Hurts, who has more leverage than Lamar does, nah, he didn't get the contract that we all thought he was going to get, and so 
that sets the market and it just proves that Deshaun Watson was the outlier and Lamar Jackson has to move towards what Jalen Hurts got, not what Deshaun yeah. Watson has. So, so well, when you look at what Jalen Hurts got, do you think that this Jalen Hurts deal kind of uh, debunks the argument that the Ravens are, and I use this term loosely, lowballing Lamar? Yeah. Because that's what NFL media was saying. The players union also said Lamar is getting lowballed. So, so yeah. like I said, so so you think this Jalen what Jalen Hurts just got proves undoubtedly that the Ravens are not lowballing him. Yeah, I think without a question, this he's a MVP caliber player that just came off a Super Bowl appearance and he just got paid like it. And as far as I'm concerned, they did they paid him what he was worth. The Ravens tried to pay Lamar Jackson more money, even more in guaranteed money. And yet Lamar Jackson said no for whatever reason, and he's entitled to do so. But again, it is what it is. I knew the Ravens weren't lowballing him because, of course, why would you lowball your franchise player? And it made no sense to me. But once again, it just shows that the Ravens are a true first-class organization, and they were trying everything that they could to sign Lamar. He just wouldn't accept. Yeah. So, people, you heard it here first. Lamar's not being lowballed. Then you got it from a Ravens fan. How do you like that? So, so well, let me tell you something else. So, you know, Philly's coming off a Super Bowl appearance, and Dallas made some improvements. Washington made some improvements. The Giants made some improvements. The draft is still coming. Uh, how do you feel about their chances of staying atop the division? Because let's face it, the NFC, I'm not talking about the NFC as a whole, because the NFC as a whole isn't that strong. Mm-hmm. So just looking purely at their division, how do you like their chances of repeating as division champs? Well, I think the Giants got better. I think the Cowboys got better, but it's still the Cowboys. And so yeah. let's say don't let Adam hear you say that. It's it's still I think it's going to be a lot tougher than it was last year, considering the losses that they have on both offensively and defensively and the additions that the Giants and the Cowboys made. So I think it'll be a lot closer than people expect. But at the end of the day, I see the Eagles somehow pulling through because I don't trust the Cowboys. And I think the Giants are on the rise, but I don't think they're there to contend with the division just yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's a, That's a good point. And like I said, can't be too nice to the Cowboys. Otherwise, you know, old Adam's going to be like, oh, I told you. But it's okay. And for those who couldn't put peace together now, Adam Wright, second straight episode, not here. But it's okay. We still love him. He's just out for tonight. That's all. Oh, he's out for tonight. He's actually working, so I'm not going to lay into him that much. So, you know, that, 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 was, that was some good insight, Justin. Thank you for that. But now we are going to move on back to our draft coverage as the draft is coming up sooner than you think. It's uh, So at the time of this recording, it's currently Tuesday the 18th, and it's literally next Thursday. Are you excited? I'm excited. Oh, yeah. So so we're going to continue our draft coverage with overrated offensive prospects. And I know you're not going to want to miss that, so please don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros with my good friend Justin Tucker. And once more, we're dialing up our draft coverage. Draft is coming. It's an exciting time for all. Unless you're a Patriots fan and Bill Belichick will find a way to rip our heart out again. But that's fine. It's fine. It's the waiting is the fun part. So we're going to move on to some of our overrated prospects. Mm-hmm. Now, the NFL draft, whether you're an analytics folk or whether you're one of the analytics folk or not, I think we can all agree the NFL draft or any draft in any sport, it's a crapshoot. Because how many times have we seen the, the can't miss prospects miss? Happens more than you think. So we're going to move. So, like I said, we're going to talk about overrated offensive prospects, you know, prospects that will either A, go higher than they should, or B, you know, we just view as uh, perhaps a little overhyped. So let's begin. Justin, I'll start with you. What's one prospect you think that, that you just aren't a big fan of that everyone else loves? Who's your overrated offensive prospect? Uh, the more I think about it, the more it's like, all right, I'm I'm going to take I, – I don't want to take the freebie ones that are the obvious ones. I wanted to dig a little deeper, and the name I came up with was Quentin Johnson. Thank you. He, he's not the wide receiver I prefer. I want Njigba. I want Zay Flowers. I want Jordan Addison before I get to Quentin Johnson. The reason for that is because, like CJ pointed out earlier, a few episodes earlier – he struggles with highly contested balls, like high pointing them. And that's strange considering how tall he is and how mm-hmm. big he is. So if he struggles with that in the league, it could be a problem. So unless yeah. he somehow miraculously fixes that, yeah, I think he's a, a tad bit overrated. Don't get me wrong. I think he still has the skills and all that. But if he can't high point the ball, why are you that tall? Yeah. So it says here on his official prospect page – He's 6'3", 208 pounds, and you can go back and watch his tape, and all he does is body catch. He can't extend. He can't high point. He can't get the contested catches. And when you look at his strengths and his weaknesses and his play style, as a Pats fan, I won't lie, I'm kind of getting some Nikhil Harry vibes. You know? And as a Pats fan, I can say, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. And I, if I'm picking, you know, Pats, I'm a Pats fan, you know, we're picking up 14. I would stay away from him. That's just, that's just me. It's like, in his, his route tree is so limited. He struggles to create separation or even just leverage in general. And like I said, just with the deep ball, just iffiness, uh, not, not a fan, not a fan. Justin, do you have another? Another one you'd like to think of? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Oh man, that's I guess we gotta get into the quarterbacks. And when I think of the quarterbacks, there's one that pops out immediately. Well, Levis stepped right up. Uh I don't think he's as talented as Anthony Richardson is. Otherwise he Anthony Richardson would join him. I don't think he I don't think Will Levis has the potential Anthony Richardson has. And I don't think he's where he needs to be as far as where C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young are. So that's why I think he's a little overrated considering he'll be picked up high 
because teams are needy at quarterback, and that's the most important position to have. So if they believe they can see him as a franchise guy, they're going to pick him. The question is, how far will he go up? If Houston, for some reason, goes Will Levis at two, I will lose my mind. It'll be funny. Certainly will. Now, you've all heard my rants on Will Levis, so I'll spare everyone that. I know Tuck gets to hear it day in and day out. Uh And if Adam were here, he'd tell you the same thing. But for me, I'm going to go with my two guys. I'm going to – how do I put this? We're going to go a different route. I'm going to do another quarterback. And usually I wouldn't talk about this guy, but Hendon Hooker. You see, now I don't know if you all have been keeping up with the mock. Wait, hold on. What was that, Tuck? He's overrated? Who's rating him that high? I'm, I'm going to get there. Now, I don't know if you guys at home have been keeping up with the mock drafts, but many, most mock drafts now are mocking him in the first round. Mm-hmm. No. My answer is no. All right. Well, let me break down the obvious stuff right away. He's going to be a 25-year-old rookie. And not only is he a 25-year-old rookie, he's coming off an ACL tear and he's a mobile quarterback. That's like oil and water. And then it's just, oh, my Lord. Look, I like him. He's got a lot of potential. But going to the pros, I think it's going to be a bit of a steep learning curve. Because Tennessee's offense is so alien to the NFL. And I think our resident college football player, Justin Tucker, can back me up on this. No? Yeah. It's, it's not a pro-style offense. Yeah, it's not. It's I, I would argue it's completely alien, but that's just me. And he's a great runner. But, oh, my God, when he throws on the run, it's like – because which is weird because accuracy is pretty good but as soon as he's on the run all of his accuracy goes out the window but look i don't want to hate on him too much because because i also mentioned that the only reason i'm i'm even talking about him is solely because a lot of mocks now have him going in the first round i don't know if you've seen that tucker but it's true but he does have upside it's just i just don't think he has first round upside I agree. That's he has upside. I see him as a high second, low third. Yeah, I would argue mid second, low third, but yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. I just don't think he should go first. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so my other overrated prospect, huh, I just for the life of me, I don't know why people are so high on him. I mean, in terms of professional draft grading, he's the third highest graded. Uh, Josh Downs from North Carolina. Okay. Uh, for starters, he's undersized, you know, 5'9", 171. But he runs, if you round up, because he runs a four four eight. that's basically a four five. You know who else is undersized? Zay Flowers, and he's much, much faster. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with him, he, you can't send this guy in the middle. Everyone's like, ooh, he's a good, shifty, agile guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you send him on a slant route, he's going to get his head taken off. And you remember what happens when he plays corners that are more physical than him. 
oh yeah if it's just physicality is his weakness when he goes up against the physical press corner he gets he just gets destroyed and his route running is so so and another thing and this is something that we can also attribute to quentin johnston he has focus drops he thinks too much and he drops wide open balls and and especially like if you look if you look at the running game because you know in this nfl wide receivers have to block he cannot block on a run to save his life but but all that aside he's not that bad i've i've seen a lot of mocks that sneak him into the first round I personally don't think he should go in the first round, but you know that's just me. Justin, do you yeah. anything else you'd like to mention before we move on? Uh, anybody you want to mention? No, not at this particular point in time. Not with chest. Not with chest. No. All right, fair enough. So we are going to be moving on to overrated defensive prospects, and oh boy. There are plenty to choose from. And I know you're not going to want to miss that. So once again, don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, along with my good friend Justin Tucker. And we just spoke about overrated offensive draft prospects. And now we're going to be looking at overrated defensive draft prospects. So without further ado, Justin, which can get us started? Uh, it hurts. It hurts because he's from Maryland. It hurts. Brian Brzee. Oh, you mean Breezy? Is it Brzee or Breezy? That's that's. I always called him Breezy, but it really it really doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about? It's the. I want to say the DN out of Penn State. I mean, not Clemson. 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 Yeah, the DT from Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see him as a DT. I see him more as a DN. So that's why I'm like, uh, if they, if people try to play him at DN, it's not going to work. I think he's more so of a DN. And I don't, and I keep seeing low first round. I think he's more of a low second round pick. Explain. To me, I don't think he's that dominant of a, like, and I don't think he's that dominant enough to be a like mainstay at D tackle. Cause I don't believe he can get off double teams that much. If he gets stuck on a double team, he'll get pushed. If he can't split it, then he'll he'll have problems. And it's so upsetting because he's from Maryland, and I want him to do good. But I just see second round, second round, second round for right now. I don't see first round. But hopefully that changes. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I do, and I think you make a valid point. But as far as I go, 
I do think this is ironic because I was going to pick a defensive tackle myself. Mm-hmm. Elijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. I wanted to say him, but I was like, nah, I'm going to let him slide because I know CJ's going to pick him. Wow. Great minds think alike. Thanks, Justin. Mm-hmm. Cansey. A lot of people are comparing him to Aaron Donald. They look at him and go, oh, undersized defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh? It must be Aaron Donald. No. No. My answer is no. (laughs) And look, I'm not saying he's bad. I think he's an early to mid-second round pick. But the fact that he could go mid-first? No, I don't like that. And so here's the thing with Cansey. If you go to NFL.com and look at his prospect profile, his comparison is John Randall. Yes. Yeah, if you look at NFL.com at his prospect profile, Lance Zerline's comparison for him is John Randall. As in superstar defensive tackle, I believe Hall of Famer, John Randall. No. No. Just no. So here's the thing. Not only is it a size thing, it's just that he plays interior and bigger guards can easily just destroy him. And much like Tuck's concern with Brian Breesy, this guy gets gobbled up by double teams. And this is going to sound weird, but I'd ra- I'd almost rather see him on the edge because if he can't find that crease in the line, it, his real lack of strength shows up. And when I say lack of strength, that's not even me. That's literally him as a prospect. That's what it says. And it's just, which is weird because even though he's 6'1", he can't really get low. And you know the low man wins, especially in the trenches. And he continually gets sealed as a pass rusher, especially by the more elite guards. And like I said, he does have a lot of upside, as in he's a good fast DT that can jet through the blocks. I mean, as a pass rusher, he's great. But, oh, just as a run blocker, I mean, as a run stuffer, not a fan. And there's times he's been blown up by running backs, and that's not something you want out of your DT. All right, Justin, do you have another? Is uh, my last one because I don't want to keep picking on D tackles for no reason. Uh, I'm going in the DB section, and it's not even so much I don't think he's good. I think he's good. I just don't think he's the best guy. Uh, I think Christian Gonzalez is a, a tad bit overrated. Whoa, tiny bit. I think Devin. Whoa, explain. I think Devin Witherspoon is a better cornerback prospect. I think Christian Gonzalez is overall better DB prospect, but at cornerback, I'd rather have Devin Witherspoon than Christian Gonzalez. That's just my opinion. Explain. I just I look I like Devin Witherspoon's aggression more. I like the way he flies the ball instantly. I like his tackling better. I don't believe he's the better overall coverage guy, but he can still cover. But overall, if I'm looking for a guy to fit in the Ravens scheme. I would pick Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon nor Gonzalez will be around when the Ravens pick. And I, I know, but I'm just saying, saying that if I'm the GM for the Ravens and I wanted a guy that fit our culture and system, it's Devin Witherspoon. 
All right. I can allow it. Now, for me, I believe I mentioned this one time like many episodes ago, but I'm going to talk about, ironically, a defensive back, uh, DJ Turner from Michigan. Yeah, you have talked about this one. Yep. So everybody looks at him and says, ha, look, fast. Yes, fast. Good job. Mm -hmm. Now, I think he's a good player. Do Mm -hmm. I think he should be in the first round? No. No. I have a late second round grade on him, and frankly, I think that's generous. I still can't forgive him for what he did against TCU. I still can't forgive that. We don't talk about that, Justin. It's okay, buddy. But, yeah, it's just he's a great athlete. He's got good technique. But as fast as he may be, when he is paired up with a physical receiver, say like a Quentin Johnston, because, you know, they duked it out at TCU, he gets knocked around by big receivers. And just due to his size, he can't really contest deep balls and oftentimes gets mossed. And keep in mind, the NFL receiver is bigger than ever these days. You know, the modern receiver is like 6'2". And if college-level big receivers give you an issue, NFL-level big receivers will make you look foolish. And he's not that good of a tackler. Like, he can easily get brushed off. And there's something that his profile says that I've noticed from the get-go. He's forced to be what they call a grab-and-drag tackler, as he's not just going to tackle you down on the spot. So, yeah, it's just it's a real lack of physicality for me. And, you know, it's like it's always good when a corner can grab the highlight reel picks. But if you can't bring down a receiver, then I'm sorry. I don't think you're a first rounder. That's fair. And and no one should think DJ Turner is a first rounder. Well, ever since he ran his extremely good 40-yard dash, a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, move him up. But I don't know. I have him as like a late second. Mm-hmm. I have him as a second, too. I don't think he should move Actually, up. maybe mid-second because, I mean, the interceptions are there, the breakups are there, but just physicality is a massive, and I mean a massive red flag. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. If we have nothing else to say, we're just going to keep this train rolling. Because now we have everyone's favorite, the Fumble Rooski fan box. And I know you're not going to want to miss that because we had a great question this week. And we'll get right to it after this. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. 
by Power Radiate Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros with, of course, everyone's favorite Ravens fan, my good friend Justin Tucker. Hello. <laughs> All right. So we're on to the Fumble Ruski fan box. If you don't know, here's how it works. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on this podcast. Be sure to respond to next week's fan box to be featured on our show. And our question this week, drumroll please, which player do you need your team to draft? Let's a begin. So right off the bat, we have Owen Van Slack, who said, quote, literally any O-lineman or tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what team he's a fan of, because mm-hmm. most people put their uh, teams in the uh, in their answer. So yeah, I- I'll-, I'll take your word for it, Owen. Next, Stephen Parker said, quote, I think the Bengals could draft a corner if there's a decent one there. Uh, there there yeah. could be. Maybe Emmanuel Forbes is there still. I would say Deontay mm-hmm. Banks, but I don't think he's going to last that long. Nah. Nah, he ain't going to last that long. All right. Do you think Forbes would be worth it for Seattle in their second pick? My honest answer, I'm like, who cares? But if I'm being nice about it, yeah, he'd be – it's better wow. than it, it. It's better than Eli Apple. I think he's a better prospect than Eli Apple. So yeah, yeah, Eli Apple. Am I right? All right. Patrick Williver says Cowboys Bijan, as in Texas running back Bijan Robinson. I'll tell you like, what. Come on, you just tagged uh, Tony Pollard. That could work, but again, you just tagged Tony Pollard, so you would have to explain that situation. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. But that uh, would work. Jack Hartman, who I believe is a Browns fan, said Jack Campbell, who is a linebacker from Iowa. Oh, my. Him and uh, him and JOK, man. Yes, him and Joker would be a – oh, that would be a tandem right there. Oh, yeah. That, I, that's a good pick, I think. Next, uh, Alex Nardone. I believe is how you pronounce his name, said, uh, I am a Pats fan, and I need them to draft Zay Flowers. We need a wide receiver. Me, I'm a big Zay Flowers guy. I love him, and I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. Can't go wrong with either one. They like him, apparently. They like Zay Flowers up there. Yeah, of course. I do, too. That guy is going to light it up at the next level. Don't you forget it. Mm-hmm. Ah, here's a good one. A good friend of the show, good old Tyson Tate, yeah. says Vikings, any, and any, any in all caps, any corner in the first round. Yeah, they need a they need cornerback help. So does Deontay Banks last to their pick? I can't remember where they're picking. They're they were a first round exit, so I want to say. 20, 19, 20, around there. Yeah. If he's there, then I'd say take him. But, I mean, it really just depends on who's available because if if Brian Branch and Deontay Banks are gone, I don't know if it's worth reaching on someone like Emmanuel Forbes or Keely Ringo. 
Do you really think uh, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are gone? Yes, I do. You know, with the Lions, Jets, Packers, and Patriots before them, I don't see Gonzalez or Witherspoon getting past them. If they're lucky, maybe Joey Porter Jr., but I don't know. Yeah, I think Joey Porter's going to be there. I, although, see, here's the thing. I know the Steelers desperately need O-line help, but I could totally see them throwing common sense into the wind and drafting Porter Jr. Yeah, family. Family, indeed. Next, uh, Josh Hool says... Patriots with Witherspoon or Porter would solidify their defense to be relevant again. I love both of these guys. As much as I love Devin Witherspoon, I don't think he's going to be there. Porter, on the other hand, probably will. And while I love him, I I don't know. It depends. It all depends, you know, because the Patriots are in a weird spot where if the chips fall right, they could have their pick of the litter from OT to wide receiver or corner. I don't Next. see it happening. They already have quality corners already. Aside yeah, from but we don't have a true outside guy, you know? We have Jonathan Jones, but he's a slot dude. Yeah, but again, do you see him using a first-round pick on a corner? He'll probably just find someone undrafted. Perhaps. No, you never know. It has happened before. You know, Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson, stuff like that. Miles Bryant, we don't talk about him. Uh, next, Brian Mucker says OT, and we do know he's a friend of the show, and he's a Jets fan. Yes, I would say so, because Makai Becton doesn't look up to snuff, and depending on how the chips fall, you could, like, Broderick Jones might be available, and if he's there, you snatch him up, no question. Yeah. Next, Brogdon Hill says, my team is the Panthers, so we need a QB, Bryce Young or CJ Stout, which is obviously autocorrect. He means Stroud. Yeah, I think they're probably going to go with Young. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but they're probably going with Young number one. Yeah. That's impressive. Personally, I'm a CJ Stroud fan. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Eli Turner says Osiris Torrance for the Broncos. Hmm. Now, the Broncos don't have a first-round pick. They do have a second-round pick. But the thing is, God help me, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be there. Yeah. Because I think he's going late first round. I truthfully, especially since the Eagles pick second to last, that's usually a good time to take a guard, especially in the first. I, and, you know, they lost Sayumalo, their, you know, their uh, right guard. I don't know if Osiris Torrance goes past Philly, at least the second time. Didn't they just, didn't the Broncos just get a guard? They just took one from Baltimore. Do they need Yeah, Ben Powers. I guess they might need another one. I don't know. Interesting. So, yeah, we're going to keep on trucking here. And no, I lied. That's all. That's that. That's your Fumbleski fan box, folks. <laughs> I think we got a lot of uh, great responses. If I'm being frank, mm-hmm. good times were had by all. So, Justin, uh, you're pretty opinionated. Before we go, what is one player that you need? I'm asking you the question. What is one? 
player you need your Baltimore Ravens to draft? That's tough because from the rule, I want a wide receiver, but if we're getting DeAndre Hopkins, it's like not necessary. It's like overkill at that point. Uh, then I look at corner and it's like, oh, who's going to be there? Joey Porter Jr. and Deontay Banks are just like eyeing me. And I, I'm like, oh, can, will they be there? And so if there's one one person I need, it's it's Deontay Banks, a Maryland guy coming home to the Ravens. I think that works. I think that works out well. <laughs> you're a you're you're a big Maryland guy. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but hey, you know you you can't. I'd say you can't go wrong with Banks. He can that kid can fly, and he can tackle. He can do everything you want for a corner. Yeah, I don't right. think fine with me. So with that being said, we're we're going to wrap up here. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening. Uh, we have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we also have all our availables on – I mean, we also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.